Welcome back to Frank Fryer Friday. This is Father Patrick Bykowskis broadcasting from St. Dominic Prior in St. Louis, Missouri. And we'll continue with our two-part interview with Jim McElroy talking about the sorts of things that we can do to grow in our spiritual life, especially in the way that we pray. And I think that it offers, whether or not we're in recovery, and there's, I know there's a bit of a focus on that, I certainly think that these forms of prayer are an extraordinary way that we can uh, enrich our own faith. I'd like to begin today with a prayer for students as they return to their classes. The uh, urgency, though, of the humanitarian crises in Haiti and Afghanistan continues, so certainly ask for your prayers for our brothers and sisters in those two very troubled countries. Let us now pray for our students as they begin a new academic year. This, of course, is, of course, you may know that this is a prayer adopted from a prayer of St. Thomas Aquinas, the patron saint of students. Come Holy Spirit, divine creator, true source of light and fountain of wisdom, pour forth your brilliance upon my dense intellect, dissipate the darkness which covers me, that of sin and of ignorance. Grant me a penetrating mind to understand a retentive memory, method and ease in learning, the lucidity to comprehend an abundant grace in expressing myself, guide the beginning of my work and direct its progress, and bring it to successful completion. This I ask through Christ our Lord and you our Father. Amen. This leads to, I think, a good segue. We, we've been talking about, and you've been talking about, how you've incorporated Centering Prayer into your 12-step program. What does, and of course, there's a lot of people here, as I, as I mentioned, aren't, are not going to be very familiar with Centering Prayer. Correct, yes. What does it have to offer people who are not in recovery Yes. Uh, yes. To as a as a way to deepen their own faith experience. Right. Well, first of all, let me tell you that when Thomas Keating, William Menninger, and Basil Pennington first started teaching centering prayer, it was to um, priests and nuns. I mean, that's really mm. where they thought the, the centering prayer, this method of centering prayer, would go. To um, they thought they envisioned that it would be taught in. Um, educational programs, priest formation programs, um, that basically it was really? for, that's, yeah. that's really, and um, that was the initial idea. But then they realized when they saw the hunger of these young people, they thought, it's, it's much broader than that. And of course, um, I don't think back then they even really, even it, the thought didn't really cross their minds at that point to offer it to um, the recovering community or people with psychological problems or um, 
health problems. I mean, or or just the general laity. I, you know, um, I mean, um, I think that grew over time. It became apparent over time um, that um, it was for everybody. Um, and what does it offer? Um, first of all, it's contemplative prayer. I mean, what happens in contemplative prayer? I mean, you know, Thomas Keating in his teachings talks a lot about the human condition, that we all suffer from the human condition. And just in my very simple form, you know, what the human condition is, we all have these basic instinctual drives towards security, affection, control. And in our humanness, we try to find symbols of these that we think are gonna satisfy our lives. Like if I just get enough affection and esteem from other people, or if I just have enough control in my life, or if I just have enough security, if I just have enough money in the bank or the right career, if I just have a perfect marriage and perfect children, that that's gonna bring us happiness. And the spiritual dimension of life is those things are wonderful and God-given gifts many times. But for real happiness and joy, it's an inward journey. Only God can give us the true security, true affection, true control, the, the, the true amount of affection and esteem in our lives. You know, that only God can fulfill that. And, and what we have as human beings, we are all wounded. And I don't care if you, you know, have struggled with addiction in your life or had a difficult family situation, or have dealt with a chronic medical illness, or have had financial insecurity, or divorce, or loss. This is the human condition. We have all had our wounds. Every family has a certain degree of dysfunction. We all have our disappointments and our joys. That is the human condition. And what Centering Prayer offers us is a method to be able to go inward. And basically two things happen in Centering Prayer. One is we start to step by step, it's a very slow process, we start to let go of those obstacles that prevent us from the abiding awareness of God's presence. You know, the, the monumental illusion that Thomas Keating talks about is that God is somewhere outside of us, that God is mm -hmm. in the heavens, or mm -hmm. that God is in the church. And that's an illusion because the reality is God is with us 24-7. My, my, my good friend, Father Bill Sheehan, always says God is closer to us than our thinking and our breathing, mm -hmm. always present. And what we have is we live in this illusion that you know God is outside of us somehow and that um, maybe we're unworthy or maybe we have beliefs that prevent us but what happens in centering prayer is two things one these obstacles to the awareness of God's presence are lifted as we practice centering prayer and return ever so gently to the sacred word you know these obstacles gently, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, but they are evacuated. Thomas Keating calls this the evacuation of the unconscious. 
these obstacles. And the other thing that is happening in Centering Prayer is God is affirming our basic core of goodness, our true self, that divine indwelling that happens in each of us, that, you know, that just our desire, our, you know, we're human beings, we're created in the image and likeness of God, you know, that that image is there. It just needs to be nurtured. It just needs to be unhidden, um, revealed to us. And when we start to sit in, in centering prayer, day after day, week after week, month after month, and eventually year after year, these obstacles start to be evacuated. And we start to realize, and usually we are the last people to know that something is happening in us. Mm -hmm. But our friends and our family will say things like, you're not reacting to this. This is something that used to really piss you off. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you seem calmer, you know, and we're the last ones to know, but we trust that, okay, God, you're giving me a green light here. I guess this centering prayer is working. Mm -hmm. You know, I guess something's going on here. I, I do seem to maybe be enjoying my life a little bit more. I'm not getting as, as upset, you know, so personally, I've talked about addiction this morning. I think in some ways we could say, you know, when we're in this human condition, we all have these unconscious demands for security, affection, and control. So we all have a little addiction going on. Sure. I don't wanna I don't wanna say that everybody needs to run to a twelve step program. I'm not saying that. But I am saying that this inner journey is for everybody. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a gift. Mm -hmm. It's a gift of contemplation. It's a, it's a real gift. And those of us who've been doing this for a while and actually teach, have the opportunity to teach Centering Prayer, we know that we're giving a gift to somebody else. It's like, it's like, you know, being born into a family with troubles. And these little kids pick up from a small child you know, that maybe they weren't fully loved or they're loved conditionally or that maybe somebody told them they were stupid or maybe somebody told them that they couldn't do this. And little kids, you know, our parents are our higher powers when we're little kids. And maybe little kids start to believe these things about themselves so that by the time they become adolescents, uh, adolescent and young adulthood, they've got a life formed by some of these unconscious beliefs like, mm -hmm. I'm not really worthy. <clears throat> or, mm -hmm. you really knew me, you wouldn't love me. And you know what, Patrick? I believe that each of us have some of that going on. And what happens in the seedbed of contemplative prayer is God gets in there and removes these obstacles and nurtures that divinity in each of us, that sacredness that we're a part of. We're, of course, not God, but a spark of God is inside of us. Mm -hmm. um, we're a part of God and connected to God. It's kind of like a, a my one Centering Prayer teacher, Susan Comas, talks about this being-to-being -being presence. It's like, you know, the whole movement of centering prayer is based on the wisdom teaching of Jesus, 
in Matthew 6, 6, where he says, when you want to pray, go to your inner room, close the door, and pray to your Father in secret. And your Father, who sees and hears in secret, will reward you. And it's in that secret room, in that being-to-being -being presence, that God starts to heal the wounds of our lifetime. So, it's for everybody. Well, beautifully said, too, Jim. You know, one of the things that I find as a priest that is somewhat daunting for individuals, especially I see this in the sacrament of reconciliation, is yes. that I will often suggest to them to, to do a daily examine. Yes. Because the sacrament, actually, what it does is the things that we do for ourselves. We raise our own awareness through the, the gift of the Holy Spirit where we need to, to make some changes, where we need to make adjustments or corrections in our life. And going through that examination, which hopefully one does before they go to the, to the priest for the sacrament, they reflect on the things that, where they may have fallen short yeah. and where they need to, 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 to do some adjustments. So I will suggest to people, I said, I wouldn't make it a penance, except for yeah. to, just to do it once. I said, yeah. just try this, just yeah. try to do this one time to do an examine at the end of the day and see where you may have thank god of course for the, those opportunities that where you've you've done good and to give ask god to give you the strength to continue to do that but also to see where you maybe have failed or maybe where you may need to make amends yeah. and make those amends promptly yeah and of course the ideal and this is a you know really a gift of of of, of saint ignatius Loyola that you would do this on a daily basis. Spend 10 or 15 minutes at the end of the day, the beginning of the day, but at least once every 24 hours. But when I've had people undertake this as more of a discipline, it's very daunting to them. Yes. Oh, I don't know if I have time to do that. Yes, yes, Every yes. day. Yeah. I think the world would change if, they, if they, they were <laughs> able to do that. But but how do they... Do you, how can someone, I, this sounds like a, 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 it could get, lead to a sort of a, a daunting yeah. undertaking for individuals. Yeah. How, do you, how do you get over that hump? You've been doing it yeah. now for, for years. Yes. yes. Uh, and it's, and it's going to, the suggestion at least is a couple of times a day to engage in this, yeah. this form of prayer. Yeah. Um, how, how would you suggest people, they might find this a little bit. Yeah out of their wheelhouse yeah. to, to, to have that so, that much prayer in their day? It's a great question. Uh, first of all, if, if you don't mind, I'd just like to say that, you know, centering prayer is not meant to replace any other spiritual practice mm -hmm. or prayer. You know, God, Thomas Keating would always say, God honors all prayer. And the practice that you described is a beautiful practice. It's a practice of awareness. And you're trying to help people um, move forward in their life and, and, and get untangled from some of the patterns of their life. So I certainly want to say that I think centering prayer would be a, a wonderful um, companion practice mm -hmm. to what you're describing, first of all. And I think in our 12-step tradition, you know, we talk about a daily 10-step, you mm -hmm. know, which is similar, I think, yes. to what you're oh, saying. Yes, very much so. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. I want to say that. <clears throat> and... Um, but that's a great question, and we get it. And, I, and, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll respond to you.
by a story that is classic. And Thomas Keating would tell this story a thousand times um, in all of his teaching of centering prayer, but he would always tell the story of this young single mother who would come up to him and, um, and say, Father Thomas, come on. I am a single mother with three kids. I work full time. How in the world could you expect me to get up in the morning, spend 20 to 30 minutes in the morning and then in the afternoons, 20 to 30 minutes? Uh, how, how could I possibly do that with my schedule? And Thomas Keating, with his wry little smile, would always mm -hmm. say, Oh, you're absolutely right. You're, you're absolutely correct. You do not need 20 to 30 minutes twice a day. You need three times <laughs> of 20 to 30 minutes yeah. a day. Because I think what Thomas was saying is when we start the practice of centering prayer, what we realize is time opens up for us. We become more intentional and thoughtful about the organization of our day. Um, 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 and I know it, it happens over time. And yeah. I think once you start it and start to see the benefits of it and you realize, hey, I'm not so tired or I'm not, you know, I'm not wasting time over here or... Um, we start to see the fruits far outweigh the little time spent yeah. in doing that. Yeah. So that's that's my answer. Yeah. You know, that's a that's a very uh, similar story to uh, a story I read about uh, uh, Archbishop Fulton Sheen. Okay. And I was reading his autobiography the year I was ordained, and I I took it upon myself to I actually like it was the day after I was ordained I started reading it. And he talks about how he did a holy hour every single day of his priesthood. Mm. And it was his gift to himself. Mm. And it, it coincidentally or not, it was the year I was ordained was also so-called year of the priest. You know, we have these years like this is the year of St. Joseph. Mm. A couple of years ago, we had the year of mercy with the year of love, all these sorts of things that the Vatican puts into our lives or as a resource to help us deepen our faith. So I decided, well, I'm going to do that. I'm going to, for at least a year, do a holy hour every year. And, and I was reading further in Fulton Sheen's autobiography, and he said, now when you have a really, really busy, <laughs> overwhelming day, yeah. and so I'm thinking, oh good, the next sentence is going to be, you could skip it. <laughs> and, and he does the same thing. He says, when you really are feeling overwhelmed, then you better do two hours. Like, <laughs> I love it. Darn it. Darn well, I love it. it. I love it. Well, you know, um, in the time we have left, I wanted to to um, talk about what what resources are out there. Yeah. I have read. Now, I'm not I'm not somebody that has done centering prayer at at any sort of regular practice. Although you're inspiring me to re-examine re that decision and to look at how I might incorporate that into my prayer. I have done it and I know what, you know, the, the, the basics of it. Um, the um, thing that I, I, I don't know if this is a resource you would suggest. I have read um, The Cloud of Unknowing probably three times and I've recommended it to other people. It's, it, it's a short read. There's, yeah. It's not very long at all. 
And I think the, the thing that's always intrigued me about The Cloud of Unknowing and what I've recommended other people to read it, maybe it has to do with the, the particular translation, is that I've always found a, a currency to it. You know, mm -hmm. even though it was written hundreds of years mm -hmm. ago, it could have been written last week as Absolutely far as nice. I'm concerned. Yeah. So if people are interested in trying this out, yes, what yes. would you suggest? What resources are out that's there? A great, that, that's a great... That's a great question. I would say this. Uh, first of all, you can go to YouTube oh, and, and course, type yeah. in Thomas Keating, and you can get to know Thomas. Mm. I've had friends who have um, literally uh, never met him face-to-face, -face, and they've watched videos, and there are, I don't know, but I, 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 would, I, would, I would guess well more than a hundred videos of Thomas mm. Keating teaching Centering Prayer, teaching the spiritual journey, um, and, and many other topics. But you can just type in Father Thomas Keating Centering Prayer. That would be a great, that's a great, great resource. Okay. Great. Thomas's fundamental book or the, the basic book on Centering Prayer is called Open Mind, Open Heart. And I would certainly recommend Open Mind, Open Heart. There's also Invitation to Love and Intimacy with God. Those three books. But I would start with Open Mind, Open Heart. And that will give you the basics of Centering Prayer. Contemplative Outreach has chapters in many states. And you can go to the Contemplative Outreach LTD website. Um, if you just Google Contemplative Outreach you will come up with the main website and um, you can look up the chapters and most chapters are teaching introductory workshops on Centering Prayer and there are many online in this pandemic. So um, there have been many, many of our programs at Contemplative Outreach have been moved to online formats. So um, I think there are some in-person um, workshops going on but most of the stuff right now is online so mm -hmm. and from all over the world I mean it's really phenomenal so those would be that that's how I would yeah. start I think yeah. I think that would be a good way to start yeah. you know and I participated in the one that you suggested on Saturday mornings yes, at 11 a.m. Yes. Central Standard Time and I think that there was somebody from Germany yes on that call and maybe South Africa yes Does that sound and, and could right. have been, and, and also somebody comes from Paris, Lauren yes. comes from Paris. Yes, yeah. that's right. And yeah. So that's well. been one of the blessings or yeah. from this pandemic is people are tuning in from all over the world to established yeah. centering prayer groups. If you happen to be in recovery and you're looking for uh, maybe a method of, of to practice the 11th step, there's also a section um, on the Contemplative Outreach website that would lead you to... 12-step outreach um, and that website is www.cp12stepoutreach.org cp1212 um, stepoutreach.org and you can go there and you can see all the different um, programs and meetings available online okay great yeah well, Jim, this has been a wonderful uh, opportunity for me, and I hope for our listeners as well. And to... for me as well. Oh, I, you, you're you kind bring to say out, that. You, you bring out, you, you're a great interviewer, and you really 
brought out the important topics today. Oh, well, thank you be, so much. Well, thanks be to God. Thanks be and, to God, yes. Yeah, great yeah. to have you with us. And God bless you in this important work. This is a, this is a, a, a really essential ministry. You know, I, just one last thing. I worry so much about people that are not able to interact with people in this in this period time of COVID, yeah, who yeah. are in need of that that there's there are people that are in need of recovery and yeah. the opportunities have been uh, curtailed because of that. So, yes. if you know of anybody, or if you're a listener, um, certainly uh, let me know uh, if I can do anything to help you or others as well. So, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Jim, and okay. God bless you. God bless.